0: Hi, I'm Carissa Vacker, and welcome back to Sleepwave, a podcast where we let waves of relaxation wash over you through original sleep meditations and hypnosis created to help you fall asleep tonight. And don't worry if you don't hear the end of an episode— I encourage you to drift off whenever you're ready. Before we get started tonight, thank you so much for all your amazing ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts and other networks too. It means so much to us to hear from you. So if you too find that sleep has come easier since listening to Sleep Wave and you've not yet reached out to us, please feel free to let us know via the reviews on Apple Podcasts. We read them every day, and your ratings and reviews help us reach even more people who need a little help with their sleep right now. Before we begin, I wanted to let you know about the best way to get a perfect night's sleep. With Sleepwave Premium, enjoy an ad-free experience, two exclusive bonus episodes a month, as well as our back catalog of premium content. Your support really helps. Sign up takes two taps, so please click the link in the show notes. But now, it's time for a quick word from our sponsors who make this free content possible. Our children face more health challenges than we as parents ever did, and it can be challenging as a parent to be sure that you're doing the right things for your family. The advice can be overwhelming. I believe that moms are an absolute force of nature and have the most ability to create change. And that's why I created the Wellness Swamma Podcast, to give simple answers for healthier families, and to cut through all the noise. With over 700 episodes, this show has tons of practical tips on topics like real food, stress, sleep, fitness, toxins, natural living, and so much more to give you actionable steps to improve your family's health. Simply search for Wellness Mama, spelled M-A-M-A, on your preferred podcast platform to join the hundreds of thousands of regular listeners. course of a week, our car broke down, our plumbing backed up, exploding water out of our kitchen and bathroom sinks and all over the floors, our clothes dryer died, and to top it all off, we had to call the exterminator and vacate our home for an entire day to deal with some unwelcome pests. On the work front, several projects I have booked are running longer than the time I had budgeted for them meaning I'll be working weekends for the next two months, so it might not surprise you to hear that sleep has been in short supply. I was chatting with a dear friend the other day, and after encouraging me to take a deep breath and commiserating with me, she told me to meditate on being in rhythm with my life. Being in rhythm, being in step, keeping pace with life sounds good. And the other gem of advice she gave me, imagine yourself floating in a pool of gratitude, soaking it up through your whole body. When life comes at me full force, gratitude is not the first thing I gravitate to. I'm usually in problem-solving mode. But I took her advice, and as I laid in bed the night after our conversation, I imagined floating in that pool of gratitude. The image of floating, of surrendering, of just letting the current of life take me is one I found incredibly soothing. Just saying thank you on repeat, even when I don't always feel inspired to, inevitably orients my mind toward all the things I have to be thankful for. I slept more soundly that night than I had all week and woke with a realization. So many of the things that cause overwhelm must be dealt with, so it feels like a catch-22. Just let go. Oh, wait, you can't. But the letting go for me has to come from my thoughts about all the things happening. Instead of, I have to buy a new dryer, it could be, I get to have a new dryer. Instead of, I have to vacate my house for a day so the exterminator can come, It could be I get to take the day off and go on an adventure with my family. Tonight, we're going to float in that pool of gratitude together, letting go of all the thoughts that are not serving us. Get comfortable and cozy in your bed, take a deep breath, and let's meditate together before drifting off to a deep and restorative sleep. This is Change Your Outlook for Better Sleep by Billy Gill. In act two, scene two of William Shakespeare's Hamlet, Hamlet, the young prince of Denmark, has been rather down lately. He's grieving the loss of his father and is probably experiencing what we would recognize today as a severe depression. He is greeted by two friends, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. He asks them why they have come to Denmark, but not in so many words. Rather, he asks them how they have ended up in prison. Taken aback and a little confused, they reply with an inquisitive, prison, my lord? To which Hamlet replies, Denmark's a prison. But they can't quite see what Hamlet is getting on about. Rosencrantz says that he doesn't think that Denmark is a prison. But then Hamlet makes one of the most astute observations about life and human psychology in the whole canon of Shakespeare. He says, why then, tis none to you. But there is nothing either good or bad but thinking makes it so. To me, it is a prison. Have you also felt imprisoned by your own circumstances? Have you, too, been depressed? Have you also felt as though everything was bleak? Denmark is what's in question in Hamlet's conversation. Is Denmark a prison or isn't it? Hamlet says it is, but Rosencrantz does not. The object being described, Denmark, is relatively neutral. Hamlet superimposes the concept of prison onto Denmark, and by casting that light on everything, he has created the same characteristics as a prison for himself. One defining characteristic of prison is that you are not free to come and go as you please. If you don't want to be there, you don't have the option of going elsewhere. To the extent that you feel imprisoned, you feel that you have no options. But we are always capable of setting ourselves free from whatever prison we have chained ourselves to. That is even the case for those people who are literally in prison. When you see yourself as unfree, You have made a prison of your life. The important part of Shakespeare's text is that it is our thoughts that decide whether we are free or unfree. There is nothing good or bad, but thinking makes it so. To acknowledge this, psychologically, is to free yourself mentally. There is a positive and negative valence to everything. The symbol of Taoism depicts a white fish with a black eye, perfectly nested within and also opposing another fish, which is black with a white eye. The symbol reflects the balance of yin and yang. They contain one another. Good and bad are interdependent. If there were no good, how would we know bad? If there were no bad, how would we know good? In a very abstract sense, good and bad also contain one another. Since good and bad are present in every circumstance, it's no wonder that we can so easily land on one side while another person sees the same situation from a completely different point of view. Nothing is totally good or totally bad. Even in the darkest times, there are glimmers of hope. When you focus on the darkness, you may miss the glimmer. By the same token, if you focus on the glimmer, it will grow and overtake the darkness. Make sure that you are lying down in a comfortable position. This is always relative, to. Try to find a position that is relatively more comfortable for you than not. Try to accept the conditions that you are currently experiencing with a sense of gratitude. There are surely glimmers of light in your life. If you aren't able to see them, then you may be focusing too intently on the darkness. Take a brief moment and acknowledge what you are grateful for in your life. Simply acknowledging what is good in your life allows it to grow and you begin to see gratitude for other areas in your life. Sometimes the difficulties you've gone through bring you an appreciation for the good in a way that would not have been possible without having first lived through those hard times. The phrase, no mud, no lotus, refers to the principle in Buddhist thought that suffering is a necessary feature of enlightenment. It reflects the principle that we know something because of its opposite. We know virtue because of vice. We know ugliness because of beauty. There's a certain level of disgust with mud just as there is a certain level of disgust with undesirable life circumstances. Yet, we are drawn to the lotus flower that blooms beautifully upon the water and brilliantly decorates the pond. Again, the beautiful and the disgusting demonstrate their intrinsic relationship voluntarily accept that which you are averse to as intimately connected with that to which you are attracted liberates your mind and has the potential to release you from a self-made prison. Your mind becomes serene and tranquil as the battle of opposites resolves into a harmonious equilibrium. Breathe in through both nostrils and allow your chest to rise slightly. Exhale slowly through your nose and follow the exhale all the way down to the pelvic floor. This network of muscles forms the muscular foundation for your torso. When you exhale, the body's last attempt to expel the breath up and out comes from the mechanical forces of these muscles, which press upward on the lower abdomen, causing more pressure to expel air out of the lungs. This area is known to activate the root chakra. In yoga, Chakras are psychological and physical centers of feeling, sensation, and awareness. The root chakra has the psychological significance of feeling established, grounded, and secure. The roots establish themselves in the mud. The image of roots in the mud maps out the human situation of suffering as a necessary component for being. If it weren't for the fact that everything is transient and must change, nothing would appear at all, since life requires a certain degree of transformation to continue itself. food that you consume must transform into fluid and nutrients that must transform into energy for cells to reproduce and become tissues. The mud is the aspect of transformation that we'd rather not see, and yet everything we value depends upon it. Visualize the mud and exhale to the root. Feel the connection to the lowest parts of your torso. Focus on the pelvic muscles and allow there to be a subtle hum of awareness in the muscles that run from the pubic bone back to the tailbone. Your next inhale arises from this region of the body and travels upward through the spinal column toward the center of your brain. The most superficial part of the brain is the part that is responsible for the higher-order cognitive functions that allow you to think and regulate your behavior. Think of this, if only for a moment, as the blossom of the lotus. The crown of your head becomes a radiant lotus flower that extends a little beyond your own body at the top of the inhale. That radiance at the crown of the head continues as you exhale all the way back down to your pelvic floor muscles. Linger for a moment at the bottom of the breath. Notice the pause, but never strain. When you feel the impulse for a new breath, Allow the next inhale to rise out of the center of your pelvic floor, up to the crown of the head, and so on. Continue to allow the breath to rise up and down the spinal column, and stay with that image of the lotus blossoming above the crown of your head and the roots connected deep down into the pelvic bowl. They are two ends of the same stick. They are interdependent and interconnected and they contain one another. There's nothing good or bad, but thinking makes it so. Go on inhaling up and exhaling down the spine. Intuit the top of the spine, the brain, and this visualization of the lotus flower as you exhale all the way down to the roots and the mud and the bare facts of life. To integrate the mud and the lotus brings freedom to the mind. Continue breathing in this way for some time. Good and bad are still relevant, but the thoughts about your circumstances no longer have the ability to imprison you. You see that the good depends on the bad, and the bad depends on the good. See the larger process and your place in it, and say yes to what is. To deny the good is to deny the bad. To deny the bad is to deny the good. Even within ourselves, there are the golden aspects of our personality, of which we are proud to share with the world. And those aspects of our personality that we don't want to share. We appreciate both aspects of our personality as an integrated whole. We see the best and the worst of ourselves as containing one another. of humanity is within you with its highs and lows to banish the bad is to banish the good this ability to hold your high part with your low part gives clarity. What is good can become bad, and what is bad can become good. The mud at the bottom of the pond nourishes the roots that supply the flower with nutrition and water. There is no separation. In a similar way, the exhale is never separate from the inhale. Exhale all the way down to the roots in the pelvic floor. in the pelvis as your inhale rises up and blossoms in the heart and in the mind. Radiant lotus at the crown of the head. Radiant lotus at the crown of the head. transforms into exhale. They contain one another. They depend upon each other. The inhale Knows itself by knowing the exhale. The exhale knows itself by knowing the inhale. Oneness. As one whole being Look deeply within Deep within You are watching the transformation of the breath. There is no need to push or pull on any part of the breath. Allow yourself to be as you are. Suspend the need to judge what arises as good or bad.